0: We have a special guest speaker today, the executive pastor of New Philly from yeah. Korea. So are you ready to receive? Yeah. Man, when you go to New Philly, they're alive over there. The power of God just, it's right? It's just amazing. And so Myung-Hwan's going to share the word, and she's just going to release the inheritance of that house here. You ready? Yeah. Let's welcome myung ha Living hope, how you all doing? All right, show me some smiles. Uh huh. You all look good today. Uh, my name is myung Hwa Choi. Uh, like Pastor Son introduced me, I'm the executive pastor uh, at New Philadelphia Church. We have three campuses all around the city of Seoul and also in Busan, which is my hometown. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of New Philly people are tuning in as well for the live stream, right? So, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for sending me out here. I was actually supposed to leave last Thursday. and um, My trip was shorter than other um, David and Rona's trip. So, my trip was originally 10 days long. And I was supposed to leave last Thursday, but God had another plan. Amen? So, today I come here with a prophetic message from the Lord. I do believe that it's from God's heart. I do believe that Spirit is releasing the revelation to you. So, if you are ready to receive the word, I want you to... Say amen. 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 (laughs) It's my first time preaching to this kind of multi-ethnic group. First time ever. New Phillies, like, majority of them are Korean-faced. It's the Korean-Americans that speak English. But then this is, like, my first time ever, like preaching to multi-generational multi-ethnic so I'm a little more nervous than usual but it's all good I was actually born and raised in Korea so my uh, my English isn't my first language so I must you know I learned it as I was gro- growing up so yeah but there's grace and you will enjoy my different accents and different slangs you know it's gonna be heck of funny amen <laughs> I've been picking it up. <laughs> And I would like to begin just by saying thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we're just so thankful, Rona and I and David. We are just having such an amazing time getting to know all the sons of the house, daughters of the houses, and then the parents here. This is a beautiful house. I do believe that. Man, you really love Living Hope. We really do. We don't really know you, but we really do love you guys. And um, on behalf of our New Philly family, I just want to say that we really, really love you guys. We bless you guys. And it's just such an awesome thing to be here. And I thank you for embracing us, receiving us with such love and just blessing. And thank you for opening up the pulpit here. I said the same thing earlier, but it means so much to me. So, and I'm going to a whole new level today. Right. Amen. So, Father, we just pray right now that Your Holy Spirit will move in this room, God. And I just commend every single heart to be opened up to the revelation of Your goodness, Lord. And God, I just thank You that You've been good to every single person in this room. And God, their revelations gonna hit them like truck. Yeah. And Lord, I just thank You, Father, that You, You, You got them, God. Yeah. And Lord, I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. All right, let's jump into the word. Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see. Everyone say, Taste and see. Taste and see. That the Lord is good. Say, it, the, the Lord is good. That the Lord is good. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you this morning says that God is good? I've traveled to so many countries uh, all over Asia, India, Indonesia, the Philippines, Nepal, and all these countries that I, I, I've gone to. Every Christian church knows this. God is good all the time. All the time. It's all, almost automatic. Like they, They're like dozing off, and then I say, God is good, and they, they go, all the time. <laughs> you know, They're walking the truth, but they, it's like automated. They just know God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. But I'm here to tell you, did you wake up this morning thinking, man, God is so good to me? Wow, did you really mean it when I said God is good all the time? Did it come out of the core of your heart? Yeah. This morning, are you feeling, are you filled with the goodness of God revealed to you? Are you tasting and seeing the goodness of God this morning? And I am. I am. Psalm 23:6 it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness of God chases after you. You know that? Yeah. And this morning, it's not an exception. Goodness of God is after you. He desires to bless you this morning. I do believe that this is a prophetic message. I really love sharing this testimony. So I'm going to share this again. But... Um, Last Saturday, I got to preach at the Ark. Uh, this is like a, you know, it's a sister church that Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonia are over. So I got to preach there, and it was, such, it was such a joyful time. I just had really good time, a lot of laughter. Uh, they just really liked me for some reason. I liked them too. <laughs> and uh, when I got, uh, before I got to the Ark, uh, Pastor Sonia actually told me that I was gonna preach there like the day before. Thank you. And uh, I was sitting down in the office. I was trying to prepare my message, and I was asking the Lord, God, what do you want to speak? And then the message that I received wasn't like a typical message. Uh, I felt like God wanted me to speak on freedom under restraints. And then I just received the phrase, and I was working on the sermon. Pastor Sonny came into the room, and then she started working on something uh, right next to me. About an hour later, she she looks at me and and goes, what are you speaking on? And I said, um, freedom under restraints. And then her judge dropped. I can never forget the moment. And I was thinking, oh, snap. Like, "Okay, oh, Like, what am I doing, you know? Must be a really bad message for the archers. Maybe they are not ready to receive it. Maybe it's not going to make any sense to them. And then Pastor Sonia goes, look at my screen. And then she shows me her sermon for the Sunday. And it's exactly the same thing. It's about, talking about freedom under the restraints. And that's the message that she spoke last Sunday. Come on, somebody, get it. (laughs) That's crazy. That's Holy Spirit, you know, releasing the same message to her and me. And that's, you know, we're speaking from the heart of God. There was such confirmation. I went to the ark. I preached with power and so much joy. And can I tell you something? Same thing happened this weekend. Pastor Benjamin totally stole my sermon and preached at the ark yesterday. You totally did? You looked at my journal, didn't you? It was ridiculous. I, I was at the all-night prayer, and then I was asking for, um, you know, God, give me a message for the Living Hope. What do you want me to speak to them? What do they need to hear? And I just felt that just preach on goodness of mine, like goodness, that just that I am good. I am good to them. And I was like, God, I don't get opportunity to speak at Living Hope every other week. It's my one and only sermon, and you want me to speak on that elementary thing? And immediately the Holy Spirit like slapped me, you know, like, hey, wake up, wake up. And he was like, speak on my goodness. And there's going to be revelation released to them. The goodness they've never seen before in their lives, they're going to be able to see that. And I had my, uh, my own agenda. I had something that I wanted to preach on, but God shifted me out of it. And then I find out, I went to the ark service, and Pastor Benjamin starts his sermon saying, God is good. And then he preached on the first core value of the ark. Which was, God is good. I was like, wow. Again, you know, Holy Spirit is speaking to this house today. The heat is good. It's going to be one point, simple sermon. And I I guarantee it's going to awaken you. You will be awakened to the goodness of the Lord today. This trip for David and Rona and myself, it's been just, the summary of it, at least for me, it's been just the goodness of God. He's been so, so good to me. Yeah. Like, so, so good to me. Yeah. Like the song. I mean, if you look at all my journal entries, it starts with God is so good. Yeah. Like, I'm getting revelation after revelation of His goodness. Yeah. It's not just one dimensional goodness, but it's like, he's hitting me from, from back, from front. He's like, I'm good to you. I'm good to you. He's awakening my soul to the things that I was not, was not able to see before. Yeah. You know? And... um. It takes revelation to see his goodness, amen? He's got to open our eyes to that. And I do believe that that's what God is doing right at this moment. Man, the testimony just through this trip, like so many different things. But one thing was, it seemed impossible for me to stay here for three weeks. Mm -hmm. So Intern Swap is for three weeks program for Rona and David. It it was. But then Pastor Christian, uh, New Philly's head pastor, he wouldn't let me go. So, I mean, from the beginning, he was very reluctant to send me here because I had a lot of responsibilities to take care of. And I was just like, you know, Pastor Christian, your reliance on me will only increase. So why don't you just let me go now? It's better to send me now than later. And then I somehow, Holy Spirit, convinced him to send me out. So I am here. But then my trip was only 10 days long. 10 days is too short to taste all the goodness in America and all the good food, Mexican food, and in and out and everything that I've been tasting. Come on. You know, that. all the goodness. Ten days was just not enough. My heart was crying out from the day one. Man, I want to stay here longer. You know, I need more time here. I, I got too many people to meet. I have too many dishes to try. And I just can't leave that early. But then I felt like, don't ask for extension. Just, Just obey. Just submit. And I was like, man, maybe... Maybe I will come back later then. Maybe I will come back and eat everything good, and um, I just kept it to myself. And then later, uh, after I preached at the Ark service, a pastor Christian wrote me an email. He listened to the podcast and he says, "I realize you're having such a great time, so so much fun. So I bless you to extend your stay. You could feel free to return with other interns. Yeah. Hallelujah! <laughs> you know, God, 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 God is just so good." And the problem was my returning ticket. You know, When you try to change your flight ticket last minute, they charge you a lot of money. They charge you like half of your ticket price plus some surplus fee and different things. So I was scared. God, I got no money here. So man, I'm willing to pay up to 500. That's maximum. And I call Singapore Airlines, and they charged me how much? $50. That's crazy. That's my favorite, right? So just God's been just good to me in every area. Like, people that I meet are good. Food that I eat are good. It's just, I keep talking about food right now. Maybe it's because I'm hungry. But, like, everything here has been just so good that I'm just so overwhelmed by his goodness. So good to me. You know, everyone in this world, I can say confidently that they like good things. You guys agree? Do You like good food? Amen? Yeah. Do you like good weather? Yeah. By the way, you have amazing weather in this area. Yeah. And Korean people, they get to have this kind of weather only for like a two months in the year. Yeah. It's Stuffy, hot or freezing cold. Anyways, good weather. Do you like good good quality clothes? Yeah. Uh-huh. For the same price you want good quality, right? Yeah. You like singers with good voice? Yeah. You like yeah. people with good faces, right? Yeah. I do. <laughs> I mean I I like Good things. Do you guys like good things? Everyone likes to hear a good sermon. Everyone likes good things. And we are designed to desire goodness. When God created us, he made us good. He created us and he called you good. Mm -hmm. And the inside, he put the desire for goodness. Mm -hmm. And what is so cool is the essence of God's being, it's his good. You know, so when we look at him, when we look at his goodness, we can't help but to just jump into him. Because we desire that goodness inside of us. That's that deep hunger. I want something good. Oh, wow. God is good. Yeah. That's why the psalmist is saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. I don't know how many of you have your favorite restaurant. But when we before we came here, everyone was telling us about in n out To be honest, it was overrated. (laughs) To be completely honest, it was overrated. Mm -hmm. But everyone from Kelly was bragging about In-N-Out, In-N-Out, In-N-Out. Wow, In-N-Out, the glory of In-N-Out. And like Everyone was just telling us about In-N-Out burgers. And, um, you know, when you introduced, they were so confident, too. Man, your paradigm of burger was (laughs) shift. Uh, your understanding and revelation of burger will shift completely. It's like a new dispensation kind of food, whatever. All these new Philly people were just telling us about In-N-Out. And um, what I noticed was they were so confident in the goodness of In-N-Out. So when you recommend your favorite restaurant, your favorite ice cream place to someone else, You just say, you don't start saying, oh, their ingredients are this and that. The history of the ice cream shop is this and that. You don't start doing that. You just say, that place is so good. You got to go try. Just eat it and you can thank me later. And they're so confident about it. You guys agree? But then how come when it comes to goodness of the Lord, how come you don't do that? Why are you trying to go back to Genesis chapter 3 and the like Adam and Eve and you're trying to think, oh, gospel presentation. You don't have to do that. Sometimes you just going to say, God is good. Yeah. You just got to come and taste him and you will never forget the taste yeah. and you will come back. Yeah. It, it will be your favorite. He's not a restaurant, but he will be your favorite. Yeah. How come we are so timid about saying that God is good? Yeah. Are you afraid that other people are saying, oh, I don't agree, you know? Uh-huh. What is it inside of us that's yeah. not admitting the goodness of God? Mm. We should taste it first yeah. to tell people about how good he is. Yeah. We got to taste it deeply, deep inside. We got to know. We got to know how good he is. Yeah. And we should be more confident about him than we are confident in in and out yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I got this from you, Pastor Benjamin. Come on, somebody. <laughs> With the head shake. I'm here to preach to you. Taste His goodness. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them, taste His goodness. Man, the Bible says that He is good. It tells us to taste and see that He is good. It doesn't say taste and see if He is good. So many of us, we're treating the Lord with like a tasting spoon. You know those ice cream places? They give a tasting spoon. And we're trying to see if He is good or not. But the Bible already gave us the conclusion. He is good. He is already good. Yeah. So many people, they try to draw that conclusion from your experience, from what you heard. So, fact A tells me God is good. Fact B tells me he's all right. Fact 3 tells me he's kind of whatever. And you put it together. You try to come up with the conclusion yourself. But the Lord never told you to do that. Yeah. He just gave you the fact God is good. Yeah. And simply go and taste him. Yeah. You are not theologians trying to put together all the facts and come up with the rational conclusion of, oh, God is good. You know, we can't do that. We can't fathom his goodness to begin with. He gave us the conclusion. Don't try to work it from your life experiences. (laughs) He is good already. You know, we're talking about tasting the goodness, and I cannot not talk about some fried chicken. In honor of past Benjamin and my brother Dell. <laughs> fried chicken, I love fried chicken too. Um, Korean fried chicken are really good too. You guys gotta c- come and try. We got something called Yangnyeom chicken. Come on, someone knows. Someone knows. Come on, Hallelujah. And the glory of Yangnyeom chicken, you're yet to taste it. <laughs> So, yeah, in honor of these two brothers, I'm going to talk about chicken a little bit. Fried chicken. (laughs) Fried chicken is always good, amen? Late at night, it's good. In the morning, it's pretty good. When it's soggy, it's good. When it's crispy, it's good. Fried chicken is always good. Think about the same old good chicken. But then when it doesn't taste as good as usual, it's your inner problem. There's nothing wrong with the chicken. So, for example, when your tummy is not doing well, it's not going to taste as good. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. When your you, appetite is ruined, it's not going to taste as good. Yeah. Right? And um, when you are really stressed and anxious, food doesn't taste good as before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with the goodness of chicken, it's something inside of you that's yeah. hindering the yeah. tasting of the goodness. Yeah. Man, it sounds like really wrong because like, we're talking about chicken right now. But the goodness of the Lord does not change. Yeah. It's always the same. It's always good, but yeah. it's something inside of us that's blocking us from tasting the goodness. Hmm. Maybe you've been stuffing yourself with something else, yeah. so you're not as hungry. you got no hunger for the Lord. Then it's not going to taste good. Maybe your appetite is ruined. You tasted something really in the world, and you really like just in it, then The goodness of the Lord is not going to taste the same. If you're hurting deeply inside, and you are just so immersed in sorrow, His goodness will taste different Mm. to you. But you've got to realize that His goodness did not change a bit. It's you, it's something in you that needs just breakthrough to really taste the goodness of God. Mm. Turn to your neighbor again, taste the goodness of God. Taste Taste the goodness goodness of of God. And say, mm, he's good. he's good. Oh, man, one more time. Um, he's good. Stand <laughs> it with some conviction. Um, he's oh, he's good. He's better than fried chicken. Come on. Yeah, chicken. <laughs> and the second thing, it says, see the goodness of the Lord. Everyone say, see the goodness of the Lord. See the goodness of the Lord. A lot of Christians, we are really really good at seeing the evilness of the devil in our lives we're experts you know you ask the sister next to you so what is god doing in your life and then she might look at you oh i'm not sure i think he's doing something but i'm yet to find out but then if you ask the sister what is devil doing in your life just want to give you 20 things on the list. He's so attacking my family, he's attacking my body, he's doing this and that. We are so good at seeing what the devil is doing. But how come we don't see what the goodness of God is doing in our lives? Uh uh-uh. uh. Right? <laughs> People of God are so good at tasting and seeing the darkness. So good at that. And even in our testimony sharings, I was talking to one of the brothers from this church, and then we were like, just sharing but then like testimony so many times we don't share testimony of jesus christ we ended we end up sharing testimony of the devil like how he ruined my life how he messed up in this area that area how he's been so successful in my family i'm like we're we're testifying the the glory of satan it sounds so bad, but it's so true in so many cases. Yeah. So, he, I mean, we had a one retreat one year. It was a healing and deliverance retreat. One brother got up there, grabbed the mic, and it was time to share testimony of Jesus, right? And then he just started glamorizing the sin. I used to be a gangster. I used to do drugs and deal with blah, 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 blah. For well, like 15 good minutes. And every, you guys know, right? So, for, without mentioning any names... For 15 minutes, he was just talking about how Satan has been so successful in his life. And how he's been overtaking his life and testifying the the darkness of Satan. And at the end, he goes, um, and and Jesus delivered me today. Hallelujah. And he just went off the stage. That's not called testimony of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to call that testimony. Who are you witnessing to? You know, so many times we do the same thing. And some people, if you ask them, some people will just, oh, I don't really have a testimony. Mm -mm -mm. Something's off, huh? I don't really have testimony. I used to be one of them. Because I felt like I didn't go through the quote-unquote bad stuff, like the drugs and whatever, all this stuff, because I didn't go through any of it, because I grew up in Korea. You know, you have no access to drugs and all that, right? (laughs) So because I didn't go through that, I felt like my testimony was weak. I felt like I had nothing to share. But then that was complete lie of the enemy because I had so much goodness to witness to the world. Man, How God had protected me. How God had kept me in a good family. So much goodness in my life that I had to witness, but I never got to. Because I was so caught up in that mindset that, man, I got to talk about some bad stuff to make a good testimony. Complete lie, Amen. Everyone in this room has glorious testimony to Jesus Christ. I I have a lot to say today. (laughs) But we got to recognize who's the main character in our testimonies. We got to reset that. The main character is Jesus Christ. Amen? It's not Satan. It's not the devil. It's not the demons. It's not the trauma. It's not the bondage. It's not your sin. You got to glorify Jesus Christ in your testimony. So I want everyone, everyone to shift to that. Your testimony, you've got to restructurize your testimony. Amen? Amen? It really is a matter of perception. It's a matter of recognition. Let me explain more. I'm going somewhere with this. Amen. Mm, I had a lot of questions about God's goodness, to be honest. Because I was trying to reach my conclusion from my experiences, like I said. I was like, man, this thing happened. It wasn't good. That thing jacked me up. That thing, you know, all those stuff, and there are so many children starving, and all my different knowledge and statistics and circumstances, I looked at that, and I was trying to come up with the conclusion that God is good. And it didn't happen. didn't happen, to be honest. But then God gave me the conclusion first, you know. God is good. He said, I am good. So throw away your research and just believe that that is true, that I am good. And then I started looking at things differently, radically different. I mean, for example, I woke up this morning feeling really sick. I was having some tummy problem. I was having, my voice was completely gone. I couldn't speak. I couldn't sing. And I was like, man, i got to preach twice today. I, how am I going to do this? And then immediately I shifted. No, God is too good to let me ruin my let me ruin my preaching experience here. He's gonna give me a fantastic time. Time. He's just too good to yeah. let me uh, lose this opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, I immediately shifted. God is good. He's good to me today. He's good to me this morning. He's yeah. good to me. He's gonna be good to me at both services. I just claimed that I looked. I and then I imagine preaching to you. And you know what I saw? I I was stirred. I was excited. Wow! I can't wait to see how God's gonna break through, even even my voice. You know, I'm feeling really weak. I was feeling really dehydrated and everything. But then when I looked at the goodness of God first and then shifted to the circumstance, I was stirred inside. I was excited. Wow, how is it going to break through? And, And guess what? He broke through. My voice is strong right now. It's cracking here and there, but I'm strong. I'm preaching with power. You know, God broke through. It's just a matter of perception. Are you looking at the circumstance and then trying to conclude that God is good? It's not gonna happen. Can I tell the truth? Everything, not everything that happens in your life is good. But then the, the Bible tells us he is good. Not everything that took place in your life wasn't good, but he is good. You gotta chew on that. Chew on it like it's a piece of meat. Getting hungry god is good you gotta move from that revelation yeah, yeah, yeah. every situation that you face you gotta move from that revelation yeah. god is good he's god. good to me yeah. not only to the world not only to the sister not only to my pastor he's good to you today this morning yeah. whatever you face you gotta move from the revelation yeah god is good to me so i'm gonna look at it and it's gonna look different yeah. you'll be stirred up a your hearts are going to be excited for how God's going to break through, how God's going to turn it into your blessing. To tell you the truth, so many people are after God's blessing and His goodness. God you're blessing, you're blessing, and you're trying to chase after that. But the, the truth is that the Bible says goodness is after you. Yeah. He's chasing after you with his goodness. Yeah. You feel like, oh, man, I'm trying to catch up. You know, I'm following the Lord, and I'm trying to catch the blessing. But the tr- truth of the matter is his goodness is after you. Yeah. You are being chased by his goodness, and you have nowhere to run. Yeah. You have no chance. He will get you. He's already got you. Yeah. He's already too good to you. Yeah. We gotta shift our perception. What are you looking at? Are you recognizing His goodness this morning? Or are you blinded to it? Are you overwhelmed by the circumstance? You gotta look at His goodness first and move from that revelation and look at it again. It's gonna look different. Even the things in the past, it's gonna look different. God is God of yesterday, today, and, and, and tomorrow. Forever, right he's the same and then he can break through the timelines you know that so what happened yesterday he has access to that we don't have access to that and what happened to us is what happened you cannot fix that but god can yeah. he can revisit that you know and he can he can bring the revelation of his goodness into the memory that's already long gone yeah. because he's god yeah. just because he is so good yeah. God, you are stirring hearts in this room. Thank you, Father. What I realize is that when people of God don't catch this revelation, what ends up happening is that they are just wasting their day fighting the wrong battle. They are so caught up in witnessing the the badness, the evilness, and all the darkness of the enemy. They they are so caught up in fighting those things. But then the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors. And that he won the battle already. And then the battle belongs to the Lord. And our beginning point, if you believe in Jesus Christ, your beginning point is victory. So you don't have to spend all your day fighting the battle that's already been won. But that's how so many Christians live, you know. This battle, that battle, that attack, this attack. They're so consumed in the warfare that they don't have time to look at the goodness of God and give thanks to Him. Yeah. You know, a lot of spiritual Christian, quote-unquote, they're so busy fighting with demons that they don't have time to look at the goodness of Jesus and give thanks to Him praise Him. Yeah. You guys get me? Yeah. Yeah. I know so many people like that. I used to be one of them. I love fighting with the demons and devils and praying warfare that I just didn't. I forgot about his goodness. I was so numb to his goodness. The victory is already yours. That's your beginning point. Mm. You don't have to spend your entire day fighting. Take time to look at his goodness. Take time to think about how good he has been to you and recognize and give praise to him. Give thanks to him. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. Keep your attention to him. Hmm. Where am I right now? I mean, God is good. I'm just going to share my testimony. I lost my spot. That's all good, right? I shared this testimony earlier in the service as well. But, um, you know, God is able to turn anything that's terrible, miserable, ugly, things that you want to forget about forever, He could turn that into the best blessing ever. I mean, we see... What happens to Joseph in the Bible? And his life was miserable. Yeah. Forgotten and forsaken by his family. Brothers hated him and were sold into slavery. He Went through all the jail and it looks like he had this terrible life. But then at the end of it, it was just all set up. Yeah. Set up for reconciliation. Set up for deliverance of the whole nation of Egypt. Yeah. And we see God can turn something that's most miserable, something that's terrible in your life, he could turn it into the best thing in your life. Yeah. And I, I want to just witness that i gone through some stuff, too. I mean, I didn't do drugs and all that, but I really lived under the mentality of a victim. I thought I was I was a victim of the enemy. And I thought I would never receive the restoration. I just wanted to forget about it. Uh, when I was in middle school, I was 14, uh, five of my best friends uh, gathered together. They hung out one day without me, and they just, just for fun, I guess, they just decided to bully me. And then from that day on, the entire school, I went to a girls-only middle school, so it was like a 300 girls. And let me tell you this, my hometown is a gangster city. It's like a Oakland. I heard Oakland is like a... Is that right? Is that offensive? I'm sorry if it is. <laughs> so my hometown is kind of like a gangster city. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're from Oakland. No offense. So um, I grew up in a city that's very rough. Like people... Like uh, each other, it's just, you know, a lot of fights on the streets and just really, really rough city. And then all the girls, um, man, girls in my school were vicious. They were violent and they enjoyed, absolutely enjoyed, bullying me for the entire year. So for about like eight to ten months, I was um bullied by three hundred middle school girls. And um, what they would do is just work of Satan. It's this demonic. They will take away my money and they will beat me. They will curse me. They will tell me to kill myself. Obviously, I was suicidal. I didn't know the Lord back then. I never heard the gospel before. So I was very depressed, of course, suicidal. I was afraid. I was hearing a lot of demonic voices, not knowing what they were. Like my ears were about to like pop. My eardrums were like, I literally felt the pain because I heard so many voices telling me to kill myself. And I was obviously suicidal and all that, all that. No more, no more. Yeah, so for about a year, I went through that. And uh, after I moved on, um, I just wanted to forget about it, you know. All that, now it seems like it's over. The girls are not around anymore. Let me just forget about it and just continue on. And I just completely buried it inside of me. And I thought, man, even after I got saved, I looked back on the memory, and I was like, there was no goodness in it. Like, that was the one thing that really made me doubt God's goodness. God, where were you when I was suffering like that? Like, were you there? I I just really just don't see your presence in there. But then God turned that memory into the most sweet memory of my life. There was this one day, uh, one lunchtime, all these girls gathered around my desk. And I was just sitting, pretending that nothing was happening. And I was just shivering with fear. And all these girls, you know, they were like beating me up, basically, and then cursing at me and all that. And I saw, one prayer meeting, I saw a vision of Jesus just walking into the room. And then he sat in front of me, facing me. He put his arms on my desk, and then he started gazing into my eyes. And he says, I'm here. And that one line broke me. And then the terror, the misery of the 10 months of suffering melted away. Just because he said, I'm here for you. All the torture, I didn't care anymore. He was there for me. And he used it as a setup for my salvation as well. My heart was completely closed. I didn't want any friend in my life anymore. I didn't want any friend. My heart was completely shut and closed. And when I heard the gospel, one thing spoke to me so powerfully that my I could sense that my soul my spirit jumped and I received the gospel without no hesitation and that thing was it was the forgiveness so what happened was in that school uh, one of those days severe bullying happened and I, I just couldn 't take it anymore I think I was mentally breaking down so I just got up started screaming stop like that i can't really do it right now I was, stop! I started screaming, and I freaked everyone out, you know? And then I went, chased after one of the girls, and I got on my knees in front of hundreds of people. I didn't even care about shame anymore. I got on my knees, and I begged for forgiveness. Just that one thing. I said, you don't have to be my friends anymore. You don't have to stop bullying me. You could keep doing whatever you want to do, but could you please just forgive me? That was the one thing that I wanted. And she looked at me. I was holding onto her arm. She looked at me and goes with tears full of her eyes. And she says, No, I can't. I'm gonna remember that forever. No, I can't. And she just walked away. And that day my heart just shattered. I could feel something inside just died. It's the fact that she will hold grudge against me for her lifetime, just the fact that I will I won't be able to be forgiven. Something inside of me just died that day. And when I heard the gospel for the first time that Jesus Christ wants to forgive me for everything that I've done wrong, not only that, not only that one thing that I did to the girls, but every sin of my life, when I heard that He wants to forgive me, the self that died inside of me jumped alive. And He said, I want that. I want to be forgiven. And I received Christ like that. It was a setup. What seemed the most miserable thing in my life? All these friends coming against me, feeling hated, feeling forgotten, abandoned, all that stuff was completely gone. He turned it into the sweetest thing in the world. He sent me up. He loved me. He was so good to me that he sent me up for this moment of salvation. The moment of forgiveness, the yeah. glorious moment that yeah. He sent me up for that. Yeah. Maybe there are some memories that yeah. you are struggling with. Man, yeah. God, were you there? I'm, I'm struggling. Are you really good? When I look at that memory, I can't stay confident that you are good to me. Yeah. But today, God is shifting you. Mm-hmm. God is telling you, I can tell, I can turn that most miserable thing in your life, yeah. the bitter, yeah. the bitter thing in your life, I can turn it into yeah. sweet thing. Yeah. I am good to you. And that is the truth. And knowing his goodness, you look at your memory again, he's going to walk in. He's going to turn it into the sweetest memory of your life. All the pain, all the suffering, all the misery that we go through in life, it cannot outdo the goodness of God. It's kept in the boundary of God's goodness. It cannot go out of it. It cannot go beyond it. It cannot outdo the goodness of God. There's nothing more powerful than his goodness and his blessing. You guys know that? We sometimes just take it for granted and think, oh, God's blessing is a good thing. But it's the most powerful thing in the world. He says, I bless you. I choose you. I mean, there's nothing more powerful that can break that blessing. That's why Abraham's blessing, the blessing that he received from the Lord was so powerful. They, no one, no enemy could stop that. For generations, down, coming down to us right now, to our children, Satan was not able to break that blessing. There's a supernatural power when you recognize the goodness of God. I need you to get this. There's supernatural power when you look at his goodness and apply it to your situation. There's a breakthrough coming through that. And Jesus will walk into that. Amen? Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor again and say, with a big smile, God is good. Today, I think, I do believe that God just wants to release that awakening to your heart, that I've been good to you. Not only to your sister sitting next to you, I've been good to you. I've been good to you all throughout your life. Even when you didn't know me, I've been so good to you. And that awakening is coming. The awakening that I received from you, I just released the impartation to you all. Every single person in this room, you will recognize, you will receive the revelation that He's been so good to you. Even in the moments that you couldn't believe, God, are you there? Are you good to me? He's going to awaken that. He's been good to you. I want everyone to stand up. I want someone on the... He's turned all the bitter things into sweet things Today we're going to forget about all the bitterness Today we're going to forget about the pain And we will choose to taste and see that the Lord is good today I want you to just close your eyes And go ahead and just bite him. Taste him. Just have a big bite of him. And I want you to just tell him, God, you are really good. You are truly sweet. And let that just hit you. He's given you the conclusion already. I am good to you. How many times do I have to tell you, I am good to you? I've been good to you. My goodness has been chasing after you. You thought you were chasing after my blessing, huh? I've been chasing after you with my goodness. Yeah. And you cannot run away because I've chosen you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like the sister right next to Colin, oh, in between mm-hmm. Caroline and um, Colin, I feel like the, the turning point is coming to you. Yeah. The point where you feel like all the bitterness... Uh, it's, it's been turned around. And God is gonna, about to release the, the good purpose that's been hidden inside of him. And I feel like all the memory that you are thinking about as you're listening to me, you have some, right? And I feel like all the bitterness in that memory, he's turning it into sweetness right now. And you're about to see the hidden plan and purpose of those memories. So God, I just release the revelation. You will see that. You will experience the fruit of that and receive it. Receive it. He had a good purpose in them. It wasn't for vain. It wasn't without a purpose. He had a, a reason why. And it's about to be revealed to you. So, Lord, I thank you. If that applies to you, just grab it. Take it. I believe today, only reasonable response to him is just giving him praise. When you're tasting good how good he is, only thing you could do is just to praise him, yeah. to give things to him. If you've been busy fighting the devil, I want you to forget about that. Victory is mine. Claim it and just behold the goodness of the Father today. So can we do that right now? I want you to open up your mouth and just tell him how good he's been to you. Just tell him, Father, you are so good. Jesus, you are so good. You've been good to me in this area, in that area. I want you to just open up your mouth and confess to him, God, you've been so good to me. Father, you've been so good to me. And I just taste and I see, Father, how good you. Give him praise the glory, God, and so sweet to us. Come on, don't hesitate. Tell him, tell him he's been so faithful, so good to you. He's turning everything that's been bitter in your life, he's turning it into sweetness right now. As you open your mouth, you're gonna see the, you're gonna see that the revelation will come. Finish today with giving him like a mighty shout of praise and just singing his goodness. Amen. So we're here to just taste it. Come on.